wellness can be confusing, and the BPO podcast wants to change that. We combine the rigor of health science with a holistic approach to help you find what restores your essential energy, making the complicated uncomplicated. We're going to help you get back to the basics, and we'll do it in a way that makes sense for you. Whether that means raw conversations with local favorites or scientific discussions with world-leading experts, the Beep Your Podcast will equip you with the knowledge, energy, and mindset to feel your best so that you can make the most out of your every day. Welcome to the Be Pure Podcast. In this episode, we will take a deep dive on why modern diets are lacking in nutrients with the founder of Be Pure, Ben Warren himself. Recognized as a leader in his field with over 15 years of hands-on experience, Ben founded Be Pure in 2004 in the sunny Hawke's Bay region where he comes to us today after recognizing the diminishing trend in our wellness. He is one of New Zealand's most renowned clinical nutritionists and holistic health experts, and he's very undistracted by fads and wellness trends. Ben made it his mission to build a new future of health by empowering and educating New Zealanders on the importance of nutrition. Ben has also been my mentor and a good friend since 2017, and I am very, very excited to have him here today. Welcome, Ben. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you very much. It's uh, yeah, neat, neat to be here. I think um, I really wanted to start this podcast off just with a bit of gratitude. Like, I'm just so thankful for you, thankful for your mission and for what you've created. I mean, being here on this podcast just highlights how much work you've done and how much of a pathway you have paved for this particular space. If I remember rightly, 2004 wasn't really the time when this kind of stuff was, you know, cool or trendy. No, no, it wasn't. It was not. But um, it's been an incredible sort of... Yeah, 18 years, and uh, it's been a heck of a ride. So I, I've, you know, really, really enjoy and continue to enjoy watching the space and seeing where it's going to go. Mm, and it's amazing how far it's reached. Like my hubby just came back from Fiji last night for a work conference, and he was talking to some of the wives of the manufacturers that he works with, and they were talking about Be Pure and wow. um, the products they take, and they were interested Fantastic. in what we do. And I was like, this is awesome. Like even abroad and cute little dinner hour of Fiji, people are asking about health and well-being tips and tricks from my husband, which was just That's phenomenal. Awesome, eh? So great to you. So thank you. No, you're welcome. Thank you, Lisa, for all the great work that you're doing uh, through BPU and the clinic. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, we're all on this journey together. And, uh, you know, if we can just make it a little easier for everybody as as we go along, I think that's uh, that's 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 good. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So on that note, I've met some incredible people in this space like yourself, and I'm always really inspired by their journey. What got them into the space? How did they figure out they wanted to work in this holistic well-being area? Would you mind sharing your life-changing story and what got you into this well-being space? Yeah, yeah. I, I never intended to be a nutritionist. Um, that would have, had you told me that when I was in my early 20s, I probably would have laughed. And um, never, I intended to be a golfer. So I was a very good golfer at sort of, by the time of I was 18, I was sort of two handicapper and, and uh, got a golf scholarship to a top university in America. I'm originally from London. And so the path was really to become a professional golfer. And wow. um, went, from, went for my uh, tour card after graduating university and missed my tour card by a shot, which was devastating. And and then what happened is as as because I've moved away from the, you know incredible coaches and, and physical therapists, um, 
I had access to at university. As I moved away from that uh, and I moved to New Zealand, my back literally started to fall apart. It, it started to deteriorate mm. dramatically to the extent I was kind of in, um, yeah, in pretty significant back pain nearly all the time. And so obviously that affected my golf. And so I then kind of became a professional golf coach uh, so that I could try and could kind of keep working on my golf game, try and get my back fixed so that, you know, I still was holding on to this dream of, of playing golf for a living. And I went on a course to learn about optimal joint mechanics, biomechanics, um, and it was put on by Paul Check of the Czech Institute, they're a health and performance institute in California. And and actually Paul, Paul happened to be there, which is one of the few times he's ever come to New Zealand. And wow. Very, very lucky, and again, sort of serendipitous. Uh, and anyway, it was about the third or fourth day of this course, and a lady looked at me, and she's, she was like, Ben, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but I can see you've got a bad back. And I was like, oh, yeah, how do, how do you know that? And she's like, I can see you've got a twist in your pelvis, you've got scoliosis in your spine, you've got one shoulder higher than the other. And when you're hitting golf ball with this really important muscle called the transverse abdominal muscle that stabilizes your pelvis, that's not firing. Um, and I was like, wow, that's, I was really impressed. I, I knew all that. I was working with, you know, a chiropractor, an osteopath, uh, ex-all blacks physio. And so I actually knew all of that. And then she said something that was like life changing for me. She was like, yeah, it looks like it's driven by a food intolerance. It looks like it's dairy. Yeah. And, and so I was a bit like, okay, you've lost me now. Um, yeah. And I was like, first of all, how can a food intolerance give me a bad back? Uh, and she's like, well, you've got shared nerve innovations from your organs, like your small intestine, um, through to the nerve innovation for these muscles. So once you start getting problems in your organs, you start shutting down your ability to recruit these muscles. And she's like, I'm just guessing it's dairy because you don't breathe very well through your nose and your head's migrated forward so you can breathe better through your mouth. Um, which is, you know, as we know, Lisa, it's kind of like, you, you know, it, it's common in dairy intolerances that people don't very breathe common. very well through their nose. And so, so I was like, wow, uh, okay, that, that makes sense. Uh, but being kind of, um, being, I guess, scientific, in, you know, I've always been logical in my thinking. I like to think I'm logical in my thinking at least. Um, I was like, well, surely there must be a test that I could take for this. And she goes, yeah, you need to do an IgG, IgA, ELISA blood test, which measures whether your body's building immune molecules through the food you're eating. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I, I was like, great, thanks. I, and I went and got one of those tests. And a number of weeks later, it came back that I had a very severe um, IgG. So that's, you know, as we know, delayed immune response to dairy. Um, and so I, I cut out dairy. And my back didn't get better straight away. But what happened within... About it was two weeks. Within two weeks, the asthma that I'd had since I was probably eight or nine um, mysteriously and magically just disappeared. Wow! And I was like, "This, this is this is crazy." And then I, I would, you know, still working with my chiropractor, etc. And I would go, and and my chiropractor would go, "Oh, your, your pelvis is holding," and they'd start working on other stuff because every week I'd just go back and they'd just keep doing the same adjustment week after week, year after year, mm. because I was always out. And it, my body started holding its adjustments and my back started getting better. And I was, that was shocking for me because I thought I was a smart person at that age. I was you know, in my mid to late 20s at this stage. And, and I was like, how did I not know that the food I was eating had such a huge impact on how I felt? Mm-hmm. I was like, how did I not know that? And then I thought about it like, how does everyone not know this? <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so, so obviously true. we're back in sort of 2003, early 2004 mm. at this stage. And and I was like, my gosh. 
and so that was it. And it, it was like a switch went in me where it turned off golf and it turned on human nutrition, performance, the body. I wanted to understand this thing that we get to use and have it work for me as well as I could get it. And so that really, you know, um, for many, many years, obviously leading them to go get a master's degree in, in, in holistic nutrition and, 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 you know, really explored nutrition uh, as, as, um, as much as I could for a good number of years. <laughs> wow, Dan, that's, that's an awesome journey. Did you find that your nasal congestion cleared up and that your breathing pattern changed as well? Yeah, very much so. Yeah, very much so. I mean, the fact that I could breathe, I'm struggling a wee bit right now. I'm just recovering from a head cold. But uh, the fact that I could breathe through my nose, and another thing that changed was my bloating. I I, I, I was always quite slim, um, but I always had a had a big round belly. One of my earliest memories is looking down in the bath and having this big round belly. I just always had like a looked like I drank a dozen beers a day as a as a ten year old. I had a little pot belly, and it's because I was just bloated the whole time. And I didn't even realize that I was bloated the whole time because I was just always bloated. I hadn't been anything other than bloated. In fact, I didn't often feel full until I drank a glass of milk because then I'd get bloated and go, oh, I feel full now. Uh, and so I'd misassociated being bloated with being full. And so, yeah, there was a whole bunch of things that sort of um, unfolded from that. And would you say that, like, your dietary intake prior to learning that was, you know, really good? No. <laughs> No. Do you mind me asking what it would be like? <laughs> oh my gosh, I was my diet was. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. There was periods where it was terrible. So when I was at, you know at university in America, I'd be drinking six to nine liters of coke a day. Um, oh wow! Yeah, and so it was very very poor. Uh, but you know, I was generally burning off. We were you know playing golf in hundred degree heat, and and uh, but anyway. By that You're talking full sugar coke, right? The, yeah, the, the yeah, full, yeah, yeah, full yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I'm paying for that metabolically now as a as a 49 year old. Um, <laughs> there's, there's no free lunches, unfortunately, for the body. You can get away with it for a little bit though. Uh, a little anyway. bio like accumulation of things. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Your insulin response and things like that as you age becomes, um, you know, not not as effective. And so, yeah. Anyway, it's it's all part of the fun of aging. Um, <laughs> And so, yes, yeah, so, but, but by that stage, when I was, you know, really looking serious for my goals, I was very, very, um, quite controlled with my diet. I would eat not, not nutritional diet, but, but basically I, I would eat six small meals a day. I would, you know, prepare brown rice and, and tuna with olive oil and things like that, that I would eat at set times on the golf course, not have low blood sugar levels. So I didn't, didn't want to miss a short part because of low blood sugar levels or anything like that. So trying to stabilize blood sugar levels, performance, and, and um, obviously, you know, going to the gym five plus times a week. And, and, and so doing a lot of things for performance, but, but yeah, but still drinking a lot of milk. And that was, that was the problem. Big problem. So interesting. I think I've uh, talked to a number of athletes about their dietary intake and what they get recommended. And quite often it's just get enough fuel in. And like, you're a, you're a tall guy, right? So yeah. getting adequate um, calories in is obviously yeah. a big thing for performance. And I find it quite interesting that like I've heard stories from some of my mates that have been Commonwealth Games sort of level athletes and they're like, oh yeah, I get up and, you know, grab last night's pizza on the way to training because I just needed calories before I got into my session. And it's just yeah. so interesting that parallel between like nutrients first and what's right for you versus performance sometimes doesn't quite marry yeah yeah it's um i think there's still a lot of you know a lot of the top athletes are really into this now and as you know, you mm. know we've worked with a lot of them over the last good number of years but um yeah. there's still a lot of room to a lot of room to improve i think in the athletic field for, for nutrition 
Totally. So with that in mind, um, talk us through some of the key dietary and lifestyle kind of factors you think that are contributing to suboptimal well-being in, I guess, New Zealand society in general. Sure. Yeah. I think <laughs> there's so many. It's kind of like, where do you start, eh? Um, right. And and so I, I think right now we're, we're kind of in the perfect storm um, for suboptical nutrition. Uh, well, maybe 10 years ago, we were the perfect storm. We're, I think we're, we're, we're improving. I'd like to think we're really improving. Maybe that's just the world I live in. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so so basically, I, the reason I say that we're kind of in this perfect storm or we're in this perfect storm is because um, the modern diet, okay, so, you know, the modern diet is a lot of processed foods that don't have the nutrients, a lot of simple carbohydrates, sugars, damaged fats. These things are really prevalent now in the diet that, that maybe 80 years ago weren't quite so much. So we've got a lot more exposure to those. We've got a lot of exposure to environmental toxicity now. And mm -hmm. so those things are, you know, very problematic going forward um, for many of us as we age. Um, and we have stress levels. I think our stress levels in the modern world are much higher than traditionally they they would have been i, I met uh, i met i'll tell a quick story it just comes to mind that i met a um a guy from eritrea a number of years ago he was actually an uber truck driver and, and i had a, uh, actually he picked me up twice and we had a number of incredible chats but one of the things was so this, this is a guy living like as a peasant in eritrea so eritrea by the way is um east africa quite a very poor okay. nation um he was, he was kind of deemed middle class, even though it's a very poor nation, but they'd still have to walk for water. So he would walk two hours to get water. And wow. so he'd walk for two hours and then walk back for two hours. And so four hours walking just to get water a day. And so, and they'd grow their crops and, and, and sort of sit under the tree and, and eat and watch the kids play. So there's you know, not a lot to do. And so he, he told me he'd been in New Zealand seven years. He told me that he didn't even know what stress was when he lived in Eritrea. Like wow. he, he said, he had no stress in Eritrea. There was no stress at all. He didn't even oh, stress didn't, didn't even exist <laughs> until he moved to New Zealand, and he was very grateful to be in New Zealand and love New Zealand. Um, but it's 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 just the water in which we swim in the Western world. There's just the, it, there's the stress, so, and and obviously that that has a lot of metabolic effects on our uh, our body and our health. And, you know, mm -hmm. cortisol and those long term effects. It also has a lot of impact on our mental health. It has a lot of impact on our nutrient status. Uh, and mm -hmm. our detoxification pathways. And so so this kind of perfect storm is not only are we kind of eating um, these processed, high-sugar, simple-carbohydrate foods, we're not getting the nutrients because of the soils and modern farming. We're not, you know, we are not necessarily, um, we're getting a lot of toxins and we're getting a lot of stress. Now, we are living longer, which is great because, you know, Modern medicine, people aren't invariably dying so much from infections. You know, infant mortality now is you know, incredible, uh, very low, uh, and so there's a lot of we are we are living longer. But um, so I don't I don't want people to think that I'm saying all these things and we're not living longer. We we definitely you know the data looks like we are right, and yes, so we are indeed. Yeah, and so the thing about it is is you know our bodies are really resilient, and we're actually really difficult to kill with nutrition. But what it does do it really impacts our quality of life. So if you have suboptimal nutrition, your quality of life dramatically goes down. So what that then means is, you know, you're going to be more susceptible to anxiety, more susceptible to depression. Your energy levels are going to be lower. Um, your body may have more aches and pains in it because of in, infl inflammation levels. Um, mm. You may not be sleeping as well because you literally haven't got the magnesium to sleep. 
and the neurotransmitter production to get that quality rest. So we are living longer, but unfortunately what we're seeing for a lot of people, and this is, you know, as we know, we see many of them in the clinic, is, is, is their quality of life. Is they're alive, but they're, they're kind of like not living, not living. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It sucks. You're kind of in this no man's land of, Mm -hmm. of a lot. And, you know, and, and often these people are, you know, struggling understandably. And so for me, it was always about um, trying to live your best life and, and, you know, feel as, feel good within yourself on a daily level. And obviously, you know, nutrition is, a, is a, an incredibly important part to that. And what amazes me, I think, with our clients in particular is how many years they've been living that way and they've just gone, this is my normal, it's my normal to be tired all day. It's my normal not to really sleep. And what do you mean you can get eight hours of sleep at nighttime and you wake up feeling rested? I haven't done that since I was 20. I'm 45. And they've just become accustomed to it until they hit some sort of rock bottom and they're like, this has to change. I have to get out of this space. It's just not for me anymore. I've actually not got quality of life, like you say. Yeah. And it's often that's what's inspired them to get on the journey, to get back to where they want to be, to have the energy to, you know, play sports, hang out with their family, you know, yeah. um, see the world, travel, enjoy their job, not worry about, you know, finding the nearest bathroom on their hour drive to work. Those kind of things that you think as in someone who has vitality and who has enough energy to do what you want to do, the concerns you wouldn't think about, things that wouldn't come no, into your right. forefront. Yeah, we just habituate, right? We, we get used yeah. to do whatever, um, you know, we live life by contrast. And so, <laughs> so like, if, if today's better than yesterday, it's, it's, we feel good. It's um, a good day. <laughs> yeah, and so, but it, so it's wherever that is in that, in that level, and for a lot of people, that's, you know, that's pretty low, that they, they, they may be surviving on a health level um, or on a mental health level. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's, it's it's nice. It's a lovely opportunity for us to be able to to serve them and and to help them should they want it. Yeah, and I think the cool thing about this as well is I always think about health being the spectrum, and it's where you want to be on it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's you can go to the nth degree and really now like dial down on your nutrition, really dial down your exercise, your lifestyle. You know, get into the whole shebang, or you can take a bit of the pie and go that fits into my lifestyle and gives me just what I need right now maybe that's you know taking a magnesium supplement like you say to help you sleep or it's I'm gonna commit to yoga twice a week for my mental health and well-being Mm. and some space for mindfulness so it's sort of it's nice to be able to have this offering and be like here's the smorgasbord you can have all of it or you can just pick and choose what you think works for you and go from there you get to choose which is wonderful Mm, that's awesome Right. So thinking about that in terms of when I mean, you've touched on toxicity, we've touched on nutrification, you've touched on like stress and modern lifestyles. Um, so it sounds really all encompassing. And I often think for us working in the clinic, there's, we're often playing around with multiple parts for people and unpacking that puzzle. Um, but I know for you, you've, you've gone down to that nth degree of health. You've taken all of it and kind of really taken a deep dive to the point where you own a biodynamic farm. Right. Yeah. Now, I've never actually, I guess, um, asked you about it in the years that I've worked with you. Sure. So, really curious, like, what it is, what got you into it, and, like, I guess, what benefits it gives you and your family. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, at this stage, it's organic. Okay. So, let me just clarify. Organic is um, sort of, a, you know, where you don't use toxic chemicals or, mm-hmm. or um, 
artificial sort of really acidic fertilizers. So we were biodynamic for a couple of years, a biodynamic slate where you follow a Rudolf Steiner system of farming. And so okay. it, it, uh, so we, we were for a little bit, but um, it's a lot of extra work and finding somebody skilled enough to farm that way is difficult. So so we're kind of just organic. But yeah, how it came about was, um, I guess, 16 years ago, I sort of discovered all of this stuff around, you know, I was delving deep into nutrients and, and it really, you know, it kind of was coupled together with the, the beginning, beginning of be pure supplement side, be pure one. Um, you know, as part of my training, I had to get the most on the most comprehensive nutrition analysis software that, 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 that there were. And, and this software, you know, you, you put your diet into the software and this software is tied into the USDA database of the nutrients that are found in the food. And so, you know, back then I was really hardcore eating super, super healthy, just sort of like, you know, quinoa, lots of leafy greens, you know, high quality proteins. And so I put my diet in there and I was shocked to see that I was massively deficient in a number of key nutrients. Wow. And I, and I was like, that's crazy because, you know, I'd, I'd always been told and we'd always been told and it still gets said that we can just get everything we need from our diet, which mm. is, um, which I found that was, is, very difficult to do. So I then started looking at what you need to eat to get everything you need from your diet. And and so I needed actually, on top of my healthy diet, I needed to have beef liver every day. I needed to add sardines, Brazil nuts, and seaweed every day. And if I did that every day, then I got what I needed on a daily level. So I did that. I did that for about two years. I was, you know, and then burnt myself out of beef, beef liver. Cause it's, yeah, that's it's, commitment. It's pretty, pretty gnarly. And now I, I still really struggle to eat it. Anyway, <laughs> and so um, – and so, I, and so then I was trying to understand, well, why is this? Why, you know, surely this hasn't always been the case. Surely we've used to be able to get what we needed. And, and, and so I started then looking at soil and soil agronomy and studying some, uh, literally traveling and doing courses on soil agronomy with, um, Graham Say and, and our, Dr. Arden Anderson. So this is some of the top soil agronomists in the world and really got to understand that the nutrients does, you know, in the food does come from the soil. And so if, if the nutrients aren't um, available to the plant or the plant hasn't got the energy or the bacteria and the mycorrhizae in the soil isn't working correctly, then you're not going to get the nutrients into the plant. And if you're not going to get the nutrients into the plant and you're eating them, they're not going to be in you. And so I then realized that I couldn't buy the sort of food I wanted to eat. Mm. And not only that, it has to be fresh. Uh-uh, because as soon as you unplug it from the ground or the tree, it starts rotting and starts decaying, and a lot of the nutrients like vitamin C, they oxidize. They start disappearing. And so it has to be, you know, as fresh as possible. And and so I'm like, well, the only way, I've got to grow my own food. And so, yeah, that that's so for a number of years, that was uh, one of my primary focuses was to, to grow our, and we got to a stage where we were growing um, about 80% of the food we were eating. Um, wow. Well from, from the farm. Yeah, it's, um, it, well done, Linda. It takes a lot of work. It's a lot of, it's <laughs> a, unfortunately, she loves veggie growing. So, um, yeah, but it's, yeah. And, and it, you know, I really got into then, I, I would do experiments where I would test the nutrient density of, say, I'd grow beans and I would grow five rows of beans and I would do different things to the different rows of beans and then I'd test the nutrient density of the beans and see which beans had the most nutrients in. And, um, and, and we would do commercial soil testing on our veggie garden um, initially a couple of times a year. We'd see you know, what we were using, what we were deficient in, and, and then we would replenish, you know, um, get specialized uh, minerals mixed up to put in our veggie garden to remineralize the vegetable gardens. And then you'd see that come through in the quality. Now, the crazy thing about this is we have, you can taste nutrition. So when mm-hmm. you, 
And so what, what started to happen is the food starts tasting just incredible. I, mean, I think, you know, a lot of the reason like kids don't like lettuce is because the lettuce just tastes like slime. Um, <laughs> like most of the lettuce you buy these days, it just tastes like, like watery slime. And, 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 and that's because it doesn't have a lot of nutrients in it. Whereas if you, you know, you grow a lettuce out in your back garden, and, and you cut that lettuce and you come in and make mm. a salad, it tastes gorgeous. And, and, and so for me, a lot of the, the challenges around getting people to eat food is, is because it's to do with the quality. And so mm. I've had the, you know, good fortune over the years to sort of provide, you know, have some top, top chefs in New Zealand come to my house and, 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 you know, share meals and stuff. And that they are always blown away by the food because of the flavor, because of the nutrients that are coming through. So, um, yeah, for me, it was very much about um, couldn't buy the sort of food I wanted, and so I had to grow. To grow your own. It's so interesting you say that. Like I, my, my, both my mum's mum and my dad's dad were green-fingered humans. They both love their gardens. They're unafraid to go and, like, get manure and tip it on the garden without using sprays because it's kind of the era they came from before mm-hmm. they had all that kind of stuff in their gardens. But you'd always, as a kid, be like, yes, we've got tomatoes from granddad's garden. Yeah. I'm going to have, you know, that for lunch, but I'm just going to put that on my sandwich. My granddad used to grow um, steak tomatoes, just beautiful, big, oh, old yeah. school. And he'd just basically chunk them off, salt and pepper them, pop them on homemade Magic. fresh loaf of sourdough that my grandma had made. And typical him, lather it with butter. <laughs> but as kids, we thought there was nothing better, which is kind of unusual for children to really like tomatoes part one and yeah. to like tomatoes by themselves on a sandwich. But yeah, I always used to really enjoy that as a kid. And then my mum's mum used to grow um, the old school persimmons. Oh yeah. You know, the ones that turn into jelly. Yeah. Again, an unusual fruit for a kid to like, but because they were so colourful and fresh and you just kind of plucked them as they became more jellified in the tree. Yeah. And just scoop them out with spoons and just sit and enjoy. So much so that you'd kind of get a bit of a bellyache from eating too many. <laughs> Oh, they're lovely. Well, they're one of my fav- favorite uh, fruits, actually. And, and obviously, you know, not many fruits available like that midwinter in New Zealand. Mm. You know, obviously, fijoas and your citrus, but it's quite nice to have something like an orange. Ooh, like, 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 yeah, at that time of year. So, yeah, I, I, I really get you on that one. It's one of my favorites. Mm. No, they're beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Nice. It's so interesting. So, in terms of, um, I guess, Thinking about people that we talk to every day, I mean, we've talked about nutrition so far, we've talked about sort of going the nth degree with that and taking it into farming. I mean, I know from coaching clients that sometimes it's just about how many vegetables are you getting and can we get some more in? Um, Let's aim for a serving at breakfast, lunch and dinner or let's talk about quality of food. What are the kind of things, the three key things that you would give to our listeners who are tuning in right now that would be kind of actionable for them in this moment to take away today for their health and well-being? Sure. Oh my gosh, there's so so many things. Um, I might stretch it to four, but we'll see how we go. Okay, I'll try and get it through. Um, the first the first thing is going to be a really basic thing, and I, I don't want to. I'm really mindful that people are already kind of in overwhelm, so I don't want to overwhelm them anymore. So the first thing I would say is try and do what you know, because <laughs> if we if most of us know enough about nutrition now, um, we know the basics like eat whole foods as fresh as possible. You know, like, you know, pretty, pretty basic. Um, if we could just do what we know, and if you're not able to do what you know, like, so you know, you shouldn't really be having, um, you know, hot chocolate for breakfast or a bagel for breakfast or, you, or whatever it is. Yep. Don't make yourself wrong for it. Still do it. 
but at least be mindful and aware of how it makes you feel. And it may be that, that it makes you feel good. You maybe that you, you eat some sugar and and you feel happier because we're all emotionally attached to food. And 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 it's just good to be aware of that. Oh, it makes me feel happier when I have sugar. That's fine. That's doing something. Right, it's not the best nutritionally, but it makes you feel happier. And so it's good to see those things at least, and that's a very useful tool to then not um, over time. You, you may find that you no longer want it. So that would be that would be one thing. Another thing, and that probably doesn't satisfy people's like urge. No, Ben, give me something to do. All right, so <laughs> let me give you. No, give, I think you've- those you people. kind of touched on that wheel of change, though, right? You know, yeah. that kind of contemplation is the first part of the wheel of change. We've got to yeah. think about it, notice the need for, and then we can actually have the power to make that Yeah. yeah. So, oh, yeah. good. Thank you. <laughs> and so uh, the, the next thing for those people who really want something is is just add fermented foods. Um, so, it, you know, very easy to do these days. You know, great sauerkrauts available in supermarkets. Um, you know, like yesterday for, for pre-surf, breakfast uh we had sort of eggs and sauerkraut um mm. it was easy you know uh, and, and it's sort of like the it's the wonder vegetable that if you're ever short of vegetables or you you don't want to cook uh vegetables or you're a bit tired you can just you can just add it to your plate and all of a sudden you get to feel good about what you're eating and so i'm a big fan of sauerkraut and so um anything fermented even kombucha um, you know, fermented teas, things like that. If you, you're somebody who does uh, enjoy the sparkle, fizzy drinks sort of scene, um, swapping, you know, moving them into kombucha, you know, yeah. it's going to be fantastic. So, yeah. yeah. And so that's one thing. I love that you pulled sauerkraut in because I think it's one of the easiest things to make. Like even if you think about, you know, going to the supermarket and spending, you know, $12 in a jar and you go, mm-mm, too expensive. Yeah. Cabbage, salt, massage put in jar let ferment like it's that simple it is you get a, get a liter for like what three bucks if you're going to yeah. do it yourself yeah and it's something sort of therapeutic about you know giving the old little massage to the cabbage and watching no, it dwindle down and the water come out it's cool yeah it's quite incredible yeah it's just, um mm. yeah it's wonderful one so that's that's a simple easy thing for people and, yeah and the third one would be to 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 try some really high quality supplements and uh, you know obviously i'm Bipure does them, which is great, but there's lots of other really high. But but I think a lot of people just they don't realise how good they can feel, mm. and so you know I still take you know my stress levels now are very low, but I still take often take very high dosages of a number of nutrients, say like zinc or or you know, vitamin D or, or iodine, uh, B vitamins for energy, magnesium for sleep. You know, particularly if you've got you know doing a lot of me, if I'm doing a lot of surfing, I burn through a lot of my magnesium, and then my legs won't rest at night, and so I have to take you know. So, uh, but but part of the problem, and I say good quality ones, is 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 a lot of the products out there are just so low. Like my my fourteen year old daughter it bought some supplements, and she she takes supplements. Obviously, she's always always taking supplements, pretty much. Default, she's my daughter. Um, <laughs> but she bought some supplements at the supermarket that she liked the look of. They were a collagen product. Um, and, I, you know, I was like, oh, you know, she's engaging with this. This is great. I'm happy for her. You know, it's twenty eight, yeah. twenty twenty seven ninety nine or something like that for this, this collagen product. Mm-hmm. And so I then looked at it, and they, they, they were like a little chewable. And to get a therapeutic dose, you'd have to eat 17. <laughs> Most of the jar. Yeah, it's like yeah, literally there's only sixty in the jar. So there's like you know, four and a, four and a half days supply in the jar. 
and to get a therapeutic dose. And so people, you know, they don't realize that they're taking products that they're not feeling a difference from them because there's not a therapeutic amount in them. Mm-hmm. And this was always my stance, you know, with Be Pure is that I, you know, my goal was to have people feel better. And, and if you can have them feel better, they've got to have enough in the product to make the difference to feel better. And so, um, and, you know, some of the listeners might go, oh, he's an owns a suffering company. He's a suffering. That's fine. I, I don't mind if you, if you think that. Um, but just flip on the other side of the coin and go, well, have you tried it? And what if? What if? Yeah, yeah. Like, have, have you tried it? And, 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 and maybe, and maybe try and see for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, um, because for me, some of the things I've seen with the power of just nutrients alone, and I know for yourself as well, some of the changes in people's mental health or their mm. physiology or their body, their health, their inflammation levels, it's just, I've been blown away by it. And I'm a, I'm a nutritionist and been doing it for years and years, and I still get blown away by it. And so um, it's a, I think it's a, a simple thing that people in the modern world can do. And, you know, in, in, in New Zealand, you know, we're a very wealthy country. I know we don't – that doesn't mean we have spare money, of course, um, but, you know, relatively speaking, we're a wealthy country. And so I think it's it's worth trying for a lot of people. Yeah, I'm always amazed um, when talking to clients, you've given them, you know, A, B, C, D product that's specialised for them and their results have come back to their blood work and the testing that we do in our clinical service. And there's always at least two or three products that they're like, you can't take that away from me ever. I'm like, well, why not? And like, oh, my mental health goes, or my sleep is just absolutely not okay without that magnesium product. Or yeah. my gut really feels so much better on this probiotic. Like, please don't take it away from me. Can I keep it for forever? You're like, of course you can. It's, yeah. it's helping you. Why would I take it away? But it's amazing how even just the application of adding in something like that, it sounds really simple. But it, for a lot of our clients and a lot of our customers as well, it gives them what they need to make other changes. Yeah, yeah. Like it kind of inspires them on a journey or they're like, and now I've got good sleep. I can think clearly enough to go, man, my work-life balance is way out of whack. I actually need a wind-down routine and I need to cut back on how many hours I'm doing. So I have more yin and yang in my life and I actually am going to kill myself if I keep doing this 60 hour a week gig where I'm constantly pushing and burning myself out. Yeah. But it's sort of like it creates a space for them or enough energy to go, okay, what else can I do? Yeah. Um, it's so no, interesting. Jesse, you get momentum. You get momentum mm, and then yeah. you start feeling good and then you, you don't even go, well, you know what, I feel like going to the gym and then you exercise and obviously you feel even better and, and you, yeah. you get momentum in your life and, 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 that's, you know, and all of a sudden yesterday, you know, today you're feeling better than yesterday, which is that contrast. And mm. th- th- I think, you know, that that is a pretty good start. It's a massive start, yeah. And I think if each day keeps getting better, relatively, do you know what I mean? You often don't realise how far you've come until you, That's true. I don't know, take it all out and go, oh, I went on holiday and oops, oh, actually all the stuff I was doing, there's a massive difference between where I was and where I am and it really is powerful for me to carry on with. Definitely, yeah. That's awesome, Ben. I'm actually going to, I think, tie that one up on that note because it's a really nice high to finish on. So um, any final thoughts you want to give to our audience? Final thoughts? Enjoy your life, eh? That's it. And be kind to yourself. It's not easy to do, but be kind and enjoy your life. I like that. That's a good one. On that note, thank you so much for listening and guests and for joining us on the Be Pure podcast. And thank you so much, Ben. Thanks, Lisa. Again, 
gratitude and very grateful for you. Go well, everyone.